And this is what I tell my clients. Like, supplements are sexy. You know, you can go on Amazon and you can buy $40 worth of, like, hawked supplements. You can go on Instagram, right? You can take a pill. But what we do at FDN and what we do in functional nutrition is not what the allopathic medical model is doing, which is a pill for every ill. And we practitioners can kind of get trapped in that. We're like, oh, you have insomnia? You know, take this B6. Oh, you have, like, tanked hormones? Here, take this, you know, cortisol replacement. And we're doing the same thing that, you know, traditional medicines doing if we're not addressing everything else. So supplements are fine, but you guys, you know, who are on here today, you've heard of us talk about the dress protocol. So diet, rest, exercise, stress management, proper supplementation. And guess what? Supplementation is my pinky. All right. It's like the, the low end of the totem pole. I always tell my clients rest and stress management. Can I do that there? I can't pull that finger up, right? That is what we're really, really focusing on. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. What is going on, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we have special guest and repeat guest, Miss Jennifer Woodward. She is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner herself and a board-certified functional wellness coach currently pursuing her master's degree in integrative nutrition. She is also a someone wearing a very important hat here at FDN. She's the executive director of AFDNP, which is the Association of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioners, and she loves getting to help new FDNs thrive professionally. So that's our program where once you graduate, it's an optional thing that people can join. And not only do we provide extensive health training, additional mentorship, ongoing support if you are someone actually out there doing this work, but now we focus just as much on the business side of things and helping people really thrive in their careers doing this as much as we do with the advanced health training. So for example, let's say today I was an AFDNP and I have a question about a really tricky client. Maybe something came back on the labs that I didn't feel like I understood from the course or it was just something that was a total curveball. I can go into that AFDNP group. I can ask a question. I can have someone answer this for me in a matter of hours. Usually it's even quicker than that if it's Monday through Friday, but I'll say hours just to be under-promising and (laughs) over-delivering. And you're going to get one of our mentors that's going to answer that question and help you out. Now, at the same time, this is what's really special about this group. I could ask that question about something very technical health-wise, but if the next day I have a question about, hey, you know what, this is my first year in business and I never thought about this, I've never had to do taxes in this way. (laughs) Could someone maybe help me out with that? You are also going to get someone that can guide you in the right direction with a question such as that. Or maybe I'm ready to hire my first assistant. What do you guys recommend? also something that can be helped with in that group. So AFDNP is a huge, huge part of FDN and the FDN community. Uh, Being the director of that is no small feat. That's pretty impressive to get that role. They're not just going to hand that out, that is for sure. And Jennifer is that person, and she's been there for a couple years. I would say she is doing an amazing job and has really, I want to use the right words. I mean, she's kind of repurposed the entire thing and just rebuilt it and really created a higher level of membership than ever before. I think people are really impressed with what she's doing. So continuing her bio, she also was recently a quarter-long guest lecturer in graduate endocrinology at Parker University and also completed a three-month-long internship with the incredible Dr. Kieran Dunstan getting hands-on training in women's hormones. She loves to be active with her four kids and play ultimate frisbee with her squad. (laughs) So that's what she does when she's not doing all things nerdy FDN and functional medicine. Today, with having her back on, if you want to hear her story, I believe she was back in episode six. It's definitely before episode 10, so she is way back 
uh, in the beginning of 2021. That's when we first posted her interview. But today, we're going to be focusing more on hormones, supplementation that we can use when we're experiencing burnout, all those types of fun things. So without further ado, let us get to the episode with Jennifer Woodward. All right, Jennifer Woodward, welcome back yet again to the Health Detective Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Ev. It's great to see you. All right, guys, we're trying out this new platform. We got video. Everything's going well. And then we learned that there is a consequence to using incognito browsers and that people have to upload afterwards. A lot of big stuff. And this happened with someone else, so don't worry. It was actually, <laughs> I didn't realize it on my end that this was going on, so it's all good. But because of this, if you're listening afterwards, just know there is going to be some slight discrepancies in the audio just at one part. It's not going to be a big deal at all. But basically, one of the reasons we wanted to have Jennifer Woodward back today, as you guys heard in the bio, I mean, she's a huge person at FDN, helps out a lot, has her own successful practice, and really knows her stuff. But I got a question from one of our listeners, and if you guys want to submit questions, all you ever have to do is type in the Health Detective Podcast on Podbean, and you can actually leave us a comment there. And I read every single one. We will answer them in one way or another. It might be just like an audience Q&A with myself. It might be a solo episode. But if I think it's like a solid question that a lot of the audience could benefit from, that is when we bring an expert on. So in this case, the reason I wanted Jennifer Woodward back on is not only because what was your episode before? Did we establish that last time? Episode. I think it was seven. Number seven, that right? That would sound about right. And I'm going to get this correct. Bam. Ooh, you nailed it. Number seven, it's Women's Hormones and Healthy Periods with Jennifer Woodward. Um, No joke, I actually, I literally should have known that because I just sent that out in the last 24 hours to someone because, um, I'll keep it private, but it's just someone that I know kind of in that thing with using a form of birth control, not experiencing a period anymore, and not really realizing that that's kind of scary. You know, we, we right. don't really want that. Um, And, and I don't want their do. health. Yeah, exactly. I don't want their health to suffer from that. So I'm like, hey, mm -hmm. just check this out. And they're very open-minded, very cool and intelligent person. So hopefully that helps them. But besides the point, the question that we got from the audience is, you know, what supplements could we really use for someone who has tanked hormones? And they said mm -hmm. specifically women's. But then they also wanted to know, like, what was, like, the foundational stuff that we could start with? So mm -hmm. in our second part of the recording, thankfully we have the bulk of this. We did talk about the supplement part and all that stuff, but I know last time, Jennifer, we were kind of talking about HPA axis dysfunction, why people even have these tanked hormones, um, and again, where to start. So I'll kind of let you lead and we'll play with it from where it goes from there. What do we need to know first before we start talking about supplementation or anything? I think there's a few things we need to establish when we come when it comes to uh, tanked hormones and what that yeah. means. Yeah, totally. And this is what I tell my clients. Like supplements are sexy. You know, you can go on Amazon and you can buy $40 worth of like hawked supplements. You can go on Instagram, right? You can take a pill. But what we do at FDN and what we do in functional nutrition is not what the allopathic medical model is doing, which is a pill for every ill. And we practitioners can kind of get trapped in that. We're like, oh, you have insomnia? You know, take this yeah. B6. Oh, you have like tanked hormones? Here, take this, you know, cortisol replacement. And we're doing the same thing that, you know, traditional medicines doing if we're not addressing everything else. So supplements are fine, but you guys, you know, who are on here today, you've heard of us talk about the dress protocol. So diet, rest, exercise, stress management, proper supplementation. And guess what? Supplementation is my pinky. All right. It's like the, the low end of the totem pole. I always tell my clients rest and stress management. Can I do that? There, I can't pull that finger up, right? That is what we're really, really focusing on. So 40% of your healing program is going to be rest and stress management, all right? And of course, we're going to get to supplementation because there are supplements that you can take to pull yourself out of hormone imbalance. But if you are not doing those foundational things, which is your dress protocol, then you are not going to be moving the needle. So Ev, I remember, you know, we were talking before we hopped on the, the first podcast about light and how how that book you recommended, John Ott's Light and Health, mm -hmm. it really changed a lot for me. So thank Good. you again for that resource. I loved it. And I think about it all the time. And I know you do this with your clients. I'm super passionate about getting my clients outside. All right. If we're looking at tanked hormones, we're looking at things like, you know, cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline. We're looking at serotonin and melatonin. We're looking at, you know, tryptophan metabolism. We're looking at so many things in the body that are dependent on a circadian rhythm. So I, I often reference the mythical great, 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 great grandmother. You hear my clients are like, oh my gosh, shut up about the great, 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 great grandmother. But it's a great visual. If you are thinking and picture this, if you're listening to this right now, like, 
close your eyes and picture your ancestors, right? I'm not talking about like your ancestors from Italy or Croatia or, you know, across the pond, whatever, but even just three or four generations ago, what was your what was your great, 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 great grandmother doing? She was rising with the sun. She was outside most of the day. Her work was dependent on physical manual labor, having to, you know, procure food and physically take care of her own children, right? She came inside for a noonday meal because she was hungry. She wasn't eating kale salads. Like she was working and so her body needed food and protein, right? And then she's, you know, back outside again in the afternoon, probably doing things in community with other people around her um, and then preparing a a meal. There's no place to go when you live on a farm, right? You're eating your meal at home. You're cooking your meal at home. And then once, you know, the sun goes down, you're going to bed, you're retiring. If your great, 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 great grandmother, and she was, you know, was using a candle instead of fluorescent LED lighting, it was expensive to have to, you know, burn a bunch of candles. So it's much easier to go to bed, have sex, fall asleep, wake up in the morning and you get to, you know, do the day again. And she's not suffering from a lot of the diseases that we are suffering from these chronic diet related illnesses that so many of us are really struggling with. So just that's kind of the the main picture of, you know, we're looking yeah. at that, that holistic kind of dress protocol, being outside, being physically active, but not overly so, having community, right? Um, making, preparing your own foods, that cephalic phase of digestion, digestion beginning in the head is extraordinarily important, you know, especially for women who have hormone imbalance. And, and just like, you know, living a simple lifestyle, right? Like yeah. that is what is going to pull your hormones out of the gutter. It's not going to be five pills, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a great intro. It's a great way to start this off because people, I, I don't ever know how to get it fully across because I talk about this all the time. I like, I'm like, do you understand how different we are from our ancestors? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we wouldn't have been on artificial light at 9 p.m. Okay, all right. But do you get it? Because then they don't necessarily always change stuff. And I know our clients are a little different, right? They're usually more responsive to this type of stuff. But it's just so hard sometimes to truly get that paradigm and place it in their head so they realize, no, we can't go that far away from nature and what we're supposed to be doing. And we're guinea pigging this. Because again, like you said, even a few generations ago, this was so substantially different that yeah, now we're seeing what's happening when we go away from this. And what we get is 44% of kids or whatever it is at the age of 18 being on a pill for some kind of chronic disease. We're seeing suicide rates go up in every single state from 1999 to 2016, except one. They say, oh, wow, it went down by one. That's good. Well, it was Nevada by 1%, so I don't think it's that good, right? Everything else was terrible. Uh, North Dakota was the highest at 57% increase. There's serious stuff going on. This isn't a joke. And so we we really need to realize that there's a lot of stuff that we're doing wrong. Um, We're not living like our ancestors, as Jennifer said, and it has consequences. Now, what's having more of a consequence for you? Is it the food, light, lack of exercise, whatever? I'm not sure. For everyone, it's going to be a little different. Um, But we need to address all of those things. And that's one of the first things we're taught as FDNs. It's not the labs necessarily. It's, hey, I mean, we learn a lot about hormones. I get that. Literally, we learn about that first. But it's beaten over our heads so many times in the course that the lifestyle stuff so important you run all the fancy labs you want you give all the supplements that's that and so i think um that's a good foundation to kind of answer this to begin with before we get into the supplements and then the other thing we did explain on the first one that's really worth mentioning here are these different phases of hpa axis dysfunction because when someone's talking about tanked hormones uh this person that asked i'm not sure if they realize this maybe they do maybe they don't but we are talking about hpa axis dysfunction and people will still to this day reference things like adrenal fatigue but Mm -hmm. it's not so much that your adrenals are fatigued it's that we have these axes like the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis or i know you were rattling them off last time like the hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis i think there's even a gonadal thing and there's um Mm -hmm. one with ovaries as well Mm -hmm. so these are really really integrated um into us guys and it's super important and i'll start it off and then maybe you can kind of finish with the last two phases so on a graph and this is why western medicine misses this a lot if you were looking at not a graphs uh a chart more would be a better way to say it you know you have normal hormone levels you have your reference ranges great you're nice and normal and you feel good so you probably never even got them checked to begin with but then there's like that acute phase And now they're super high. Your cortisol's high at the very least. And you kind of have that maybe wired and tired type of thing. Like you're pushing through. You're getting four hours of sleep, but you are making it. Uh, For a lot of people, this is like their college days. They can still survive. I didn't even make it that far, right? I was just a sicker kid. I mean, I would have never survived college. That would have been terrible for me. 
But then the tricky stuff starts happening because we move into that compensatory phase. Mm -hmm. And to the untrained eye, the hormones might look normal, but Mm -hmm. now the person's presenting with symptoms and, you know, they come back and they come to us and they say, well, everything looks normal here. So again, I promised I'd let you do the last two phases there. Like what is going on in that compensatory phase that to the untrained eye, even sometimes MDs are looking at these people. Well, the lab works all normal, but they feel like crap. So why is that happening? And what does that mean Mm -hmm. that compensatory phase? Yeah, I love that. So you can see that like on a salivary panel for looking at like the fluids IQ hormone test or something, um, you you can, you know, graphically see what cortisol levels look like. Cortisol levels, of course, being your body's kind of backup chronic stress hormone secreted from the adrenal glands. And it's very sensitive, very sensitive to stress signals from the brain, the hypothalamus and the pituitary. And that's, you know, just the, the genesis, the beginning of all of these endocrine functions in the body. So before your thyroid functions, before your ovaries function, before your digestion functions, your brain has to receive and interpret the signals from your environment then also from the inside of your body um, and, and, you know, delegate appropriately, right? It has to tell the rest of the body what to do. So, you know, these things do not work in isolation. It's all coming from your body's master computer, the brain. Of course, we have, you know, our higher functioning brain, but we also have a lizard brain. We have that subconscious primal brain, and that is what's regulating your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system. Now, sympathetic, like Ev was saying, is kind of like your fight or flight. And this is where I've actually had clients tell me I want to run away and join the circus. No joke, not, not joke. They wanted to run away from their lives, their kids, their job, blah, blah, blah. And as I tell my women all the time, and Ev kind of alluded to this, you guys, we are in the middle of this brand new social experiment that has never happened before in human history, right? We have people working three jobs. We have women outside the house having to provide for their families really for the first time in human history. We have, you know, social media. We have cars that go fast and lights that stay on all night. You know, of course, these things have been building to a crescendo, but truly it's, you know, women and our younger generation that are taking the brunt of this experiment. Can we push harder? Can we do more? Can we stay awake longer? And I'm telling you, no, it's not working. It's a failed social experiment. And we are seeing that, um, you know, really with, with our clients and with ourselves, Ev, myself, you know, everyone we work with, it's a, it's a, it's a failed social experiment. So all that to say, you know, those are the things that are causing your brain to interpret all of these stress signals constantly that pushes up your cortisol levels from, you know, baseline, if you take a, an exam as a kid whoop, or if you, um, you know, have a fight with your best friend or if you get stung by a bee, you know, you're eight, nine years old, your cortisol levels are going to rise appropriately and that's to help you deal with that situation. You got to fight or you got to fly away, but you have to be enhanced, right? But if that happens time and time and time and time again, and then you get older and on top of that, you've got bills and you've got family and you've got relationships and you've got a job and you're stressed all the time. You, your body eventually runs out of resources. And I see this and you see this, Ev. Now we're eating a lot of fast food or you're dieting on, you know, iceberg lettuce salads, you're over-exercising, you're under-sleeping. So where are the resources that your body has to deal with all of that stress? They're not there because your body's steroid hormones are reliant on cholesterol, on fat. And so if you're eating a low-fat diet and you're not sleeping and you're not getting out in the sun, you're not making or keeping that foundation to be able to create cortisol, all right? That said, when all of that happens and your body's pushing out cortisol all the time, all the time, it eventually can't make it back down to baseline. And so it really surpasses that baseline level where you feel good and you start to dip down into what Ev referenced as the compensatory phase where your body's trying to compensate. And it just, it can't do it after a while. I tell my clients, it's like, you know, pushing down on the gas pedal of a car when you're at a gas in the tank. It just, it's impossible. And so as Ev said, you know, to an untrained eye, it looks like, oh, your cortisol levels are kind of normal. Maybe a little bit low, but kind of normal. However, we know as practitioners that those cortisol levels cannot dip low unless they've already been elevated, right? And that happens for so many of us. Like Ev said, you know, junior high, high school, college, your first couple jobs, you know, um, staying up late, partying, eating crappy food in the cafeteria or working a couple different jobs. You know, maybe you, you weren't going to college, but you were working your butt off and trying to make it in the world. You know, those things push us into the compensatory phase. And after that, this is where I usually see clients when we slide down into HPA axis dysfunction phase three or the exhaustion phase. And Reed has a, you know, sense of humor 
a morbid sense of humor exactly because yeah. <laughs> on our chart, there's a skull and crossbones, right? That he yeah. teaches in the course for... Like one of the first uh, things you see, you're like, welcome to FDN. <laughs> holy shit, that's <Yeah>. real, <laughs> right? And it is. Like, people feel that way when they're in the exhaustion. I have been in the exhaustion phase of HP axis dysfunction. It's awful. It's awful. And so many of us, you know, don't realize that that extreme crushing fatigue that we're feeling, you know, your hair falling out, thyroid function, low constipation, cold all the time, inability to lose weight, losing your love, your love and zest for life. You know, that that's really what happens in that HPA axis stage three. Um, and, or the adrenal, you know, when your adrenals are just shot basically. Yeah. Right. I think we have a very niche, profitable little market right there. I survived phase three HPA axis dysfunction. <laughs> we could make a shirt out of there. some crap. Right? I know some nerds that would buy that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that to I FDNs. love it. Yeah, <laughs> we'd sell like five hundred of them. <laughs> um, but but yeah, and it's you know I think I may have mentioned this in the second part that we did, but just in case, I mean yeah, twenty one when I came to FDN, I'm this twenty one year old guy, and I'm in the exhaustive phase of HPA axis dysfunction. I was just like, wow. Um, now, you had said this in your podcast back in the day. Like You were actually really happy when you got your lab results. You are in the car. It brought you to tears because this was validating in a sense. Oh, this is why I feel so bad. And so for yeah, me, it was kind of the same. I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, wait a second. Well, this test result was already true regardless, so there's no point to be nervous. This is validating. This is finally something telling me what's going on, and so I can get better here. And then um, I retested my hormones. It was sometime in like early summer of 2020. And it's kind of cool. And this sounds like maybe not great to some people, but for me, it was good. It was very mildly in the acute phase, actually. Like my morning cortisol was a little too high. But I looked at that as good because this is someone who used to be an exhaustive. If yeah. my biggest problem now is my morning cortisol yeah. is a little too high <laughs> and everything else is perfect, I will take that. And I yeah, felt right? good, right? Um, yeah. So that's just really cool. It shows the power of FDN and, and what we do. I mean, you can heal, but you got to be doing this stuff overall. So, okay, is there, I feel like we actually gave a lot more in this first section now than we did before. Anything we missed, do you think? Um, I mean, we answered the question and kind of talked about HP axis dysfunction. So if there is a gap, dear listener, we are sorry. I have to say it was my <laughs> fault on my end, but we appreciate you being here. <laughs> Wonderful. Hey guys, it is Detective Ev here really quick. Just wanted to let you know, if you haven't heard, we are now letting people try the FDN course completely for free. No credit card required, nothing like that. No debit card either, right? That'd be a cute little trick. I say no credit card, and then you got to put your debit card in. <laughs> All you got to do is go to fdntraining.com slash try FDN. That is fdntraining.com slash try FDN. We always know that there's different types of people who listen to this podcast. Some of you are interested in finding someone to work with. That's fantastic. Others just want to hear about health information and learn from that. That's also cool. But there's others out there trying to make a decision about what to do next in their life, and maybe they're contemplating the FDN course. Well, this is the way that you can do this. We know there's people out there that need the course. We know it's not for everyone, so we make it really simple. We're confident in what we offer. FDNtraining.com slash tryfdn, and you might have the same experience I did five years ago, where I said, this is exactly what I'm looking for, and now somehow I'm doing the podcast. Funny how that works. Okay, back to the episode. All right, we lost our connection for a second, but we should be good now. So please continue to tell us about this HPA access dysfunction. <laughs> okay, awesome. So yeah, we were just talking about the compensatory phase where, you know, your 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 body's overwhelmed for an extended period of time. And so like you were saying, Ev, on paper, if you're just testing, you know, one time, a one-time snapshot of your stress hormones like cortisol, right, or adrenaline or something like that, you might look normal. But like you were saying, okay, you've worked the night sh shift now for, you know, five years, or you've had four kids under the age of six, you know, for four years, six years, whatever. Um, you know, a lot of women, you know, having trouble with food sensitivities or infections. You know, we're seeing a lot of women with long haulers COVID. We're seeing women yeah. with Epstein-Barr or mold exposure. You know, those things are just, they, they, they work in aggregate in the body to completely stress your body out. So I'll see women who say, my life's not that stressful. Like I don't, I don't feel stressed out. But if we look back and see, well, you haven't slept through the night in, you know, eight years and you are harboring these extremely high Epstein-Barr titers, you've got autoimmune disease. These are all things that are going to push your cortisol levels first really high. And then as they compensate, they're going to dip down really, really low. So 
kind of to answer that that listener question, yes, there are supplements that you can use to kind of pull yourself out of HPA axis dysfunction. You guys might hear it as as adrenal fatigue, and you might feel it as feeling like crap. Yeah. <laughs> right. You don't need a diagnosis for that. You just don't feel right, right. good. <laughs> um, so specifically, were you gonna say something, Ev? No, no, no. I'm sorry. You, it's like there was a lag. So I was going to, I was like, why is she stopping? I thought she was going to tell us about the supplements. <laughs> so I was going to cover for a second, but then we're, we're a mess on this connection. Let's, this is not our first episode. That's for sure. The first episode was fire. Sorry, first guys. Great. Oh, <laughs> all right. No, no. But let's talk about some specific supplements. So if you're trying to pull yourself out of just that flat line where you're exhausted all the time, I do like a mix of, of herbal formulation. So I really do like ashwagandha. Um, you know, that's contraindicated if you do have active Hashimoto's thyroiditis because it can, your, your immune system can respond to it, um, unfavorably, but you can also use some adrenal cortex from pure encapsulations. There's a great product to use with a lot of my clients called ADR and that is straight adrenal cortex. So when your body's under, you know, a lot of suffering, like a lot of our bodies are, and you can see it on something like a salivary cortisol panel where your, you know, um, your cortisol levels are really low. You are not producing the uh, amount of cortisol that you need in order to make it through the day. You don't have that get up and go that you'd necessarily need to feel good that day. So the adrenal cortex is providing some of that, you know, adrenaline and also cortisol that your body is not producing on its own. The only contraindication with the adrenal cortex where the ADR product is that you can take it for a total of three months or less. So please do not take it for more than three months. You are going to feel better on it, but it's just kind of a band-aid that you're using while you're working on the rest of dress. You're getting in ketosis, you're doing your rest, you're getting your sun exposure, you're taking more naps, you're, you know, testing for things like food sensitivities. You have three months to kind of figure out where um, some of those root cause imbalances lie, and then you're going to have to wean yourself off of that adrenal cortex, all right? At the same time I use that, I'll use it in combination with a product called Adrenal Assist from Vitanica. So those are my top two products if you're Mm -hmm. just feeling depleted across the board. What are some of the, um, I'm guessing that's a blend of things, right, for that second product? Yeah, yeah. The adrenal assist is some, it does have some ashwagandha, um, some medicinal mushrooms, um, other adaptogenic herbs, and some B vitamins. Okay, and so I can imagine someone, because we we have talked about this plenty of times before, where it's like it's not really adrenal fatigue, you know, that's not really an appropriate term, it is HPA axis dysfunction, and even you said you might hear it as that, but you weren't suggesting that's correct, but then if I'm an audience listener, I'm like, well, wait a second, she just recommended adrenal cortex, so why would that help, even if that's not the core problem? Right, right. Well, because it's part of the axis still, right? So we say HPA axis dysfunction, formerly called adrenal fatigue. Now that term's kind of out of vogue, but essentially it's a disconnect between your brain and your body, right? Your brain, your hypothalamus and your pituitary, those two brain organs that are kind of inputting and interpreting all of those stresses that you're experiencing on the inside and the outside of your body. They're the ones that are telling the rest of your endocrine system what to do. So I kind of love this too. You know, it's not just HPA axis where we're talking about the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and then the adrenal glands, which are the ones that are, you know, chalk out of all, um, like, you know, cortisol and adrenaline, right? In a a situation like HP axis dysfunction, stage one, two, or three. But then we also have the HPO axis. I deal with that a lot in my practice, hypothalamus, pituitary, ovaries, right? You have the HPT axis, hypothalamus, pituitary, and thyroid. Um, So we are kind of like starting at step one where you're addressing the adrenals as like the preeminent, um, you know, part of that hypothalamus, hypothalamus and pituitary system. But it also has further reaching implications to the rest of your endocrine system, right? So the adrenals are just a good place to start, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And I think, again, I can picture someone asking that, but that's a perfect explanation. And people don't realize how much, there's so many axes that these, uh, the hypothalamic, pituitary, whatever, kind of fall under. Um, And what I find so interesting, and Jennifer and I are on different um, sides of the country, right? But it's about to be nighttime here while we're doing this podcast. And if you're watching, I got my blue light blocking glasses on and people just, you know, even if they read the data on this, they're still maybe confused sometimes. Well, when you hear something like this, we got people taking all these supplements, which I'm all for in the beginning, right? I think that makes sense. It, it does give you a quick boost. You know what I mean? Nothing else is going to fix you overnight. So you might as well support this person while you can. But what people don't talk about is there is something really special in the hypothalamus called the SCN or the suprachiasmatic nucleus. And that is your body's internal clock, which is 
completely regulated by light. So when you start using light properly and start using bad, uh, stop using bad light inappropriately, that stuff does work better. It is a whole holistic approach where, yes, we can use some intelligent allopathy, which we don't mention nearly enough here. Just to be clear what intelligent allopathy is, allopathic medicine is a more of a conventional side of things where we treat things with drugs and surgery. So intelligent allopathy is kind of a play on words where it's like, all right, we're going to help this person not feel like crap. We're not sadists, right? But we also need to be working on some stuff while you're using those supplements, just like Jennifer said. Like, yeah, bam, this might make you feel good in a matter of days. I'm familiar with products like that, you know, depending on the person that could make you feel better pretty quickly. It's Mm -hmm. actually remarkable how fast it can do it, especially considering how tanked that person might be. But if you don't figure out what is actually leading to this and the habits in your life that need to be changed, you you wasted three months, right? Because you're just going to feel even worse afterwards. I mean, probably most likely because the damage is still occurring. So we need to be doing everything. It is the food. It's the food sensitivities. It's Mm -hmm. the light. It's the gut pathogens. And it's not to scare people, but there is so many things in our modern world that cause stress to the body. Mm -hmm. And it's ironic because you'd think like the tribal days when they have to like worry about, I mean, all the things that come with being in a tribe and in nature, Mm -hmm. you'd think that'd be more stressful. But it's just there's stuff that's not obvious, not inherently obvious. It's not always the tiger in the woods, guys, or, you know, having to go on the hunt. It's the fact that we're surrounded by EMFs. It's Mm -hmm. the fact that we are eating such crappy food with chemicals that our ancestors just didn't have. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that our circadian rhythm, everyone's, is trash to some degree. Me doing this right now, even with these glasses, I know that there is an effect from this hitting my skin and there's melanopsin receptors in there. It's dark. I'm not supposed to be doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel overall good, so I learned to balance it, but Again, you don't want to be scared of everything because that's just more stress, right, Jennifer? But <laughs> you, we got to be careful, though. Um, so, you know, we talked about possible supplements. I think I appreciate a direct recommendation with that. And then the question also involved best practices. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you and I would very biasedly say FDN because it worked for us. You know, that got my hormones out of the exhaustive phase to where I wanted them to be. Um, it certainly did the same thing for you. You guys got to go back to her episode number seven on here and, and listen to that. It's really cool. Um, but what are some best practices, generally speaking, because we've kind of been elusive about what that is. We've mentioned a few things, but let's get straight forward. What are some things that people can do or they have to do if they really want to have a chance at getting their tanked hormones recovered? Yep. I will tell my clients, it's super <clears throat> sexy to talk about diet. Everyone can pop a pill. That's no sweat off of anybody's back. But where the rubber hits the road for all of us who are in you know, the first, second, third stage of our healing journey is making your lifestyle work for you instead of against you. And I know, Ev, you are a huge proponent of this. I I have a hard time working with clients if they cannot devote to me, you know, 30 to 60 minutes a day where all they're doing is taking care of themselves, right? So mm-hmm. I have, and hopefully more than that, I love I, I um, love reading Mark Sisson, The Primal Blueprint. I'm sure you're familiar, but I remember he sent out an email like two years ago, and it was encouraging people, can you spend more time outside today than you do inside? Like, let that sink in for a minute, everybody. How much time are you spending inside? And this is just wake time. This isn't even like time in your bed where all of us are inside. It's throughout the day. How much time are you outside as opposed to inside? So that's one of the first things I do with my clients too is, you know, starting on the weekends when schedules are a little bit more flexible, can you be outside for more hours than you are inside? This is like step number one to healing. The other very practical thing that you can do, number number one is free, right? Like it costs no money. <laughs> And it's easy right, to do, right. even if you're, even if it's cloudy outside, even if it's snowing outside, we just got back from Tahoe. We were outside, you know, skiing for three days straight. We slept fantastic. You know, we're outside for five hours a day in the sun doing physical activity. It's such a disconnect from what most of us do every single day in the United mm-hmm. States where we're asses are in a chair, you know, we've got fake light and we're not, we're not moving, right? No wonder our bodies don't feel good. So the other thing I really encourage my clients to do is find whatever it is that you did before you had to adult that made you feel good. Like what was your, what was your, what what did you like to do as a child, Ev? Like what was the thing that would just like transport you when you were eight or 10 years old? That's a good question. I was an eccentric little child as well as an eccentric adult. But um, I mean, I loved biking and stuff. That was one of my favorite things ever. You know, I could bike 
for miles. I didn't have a bike that was equipped to do that, but I could go do it. That's for sure. Love it. Love it. So yeah, so many people will say something like that. I love to roller skate. I love to blow bubbles from like my, you know, bubble wand, right? I love to read books, whatever it was like these things we generally stop doing when we start adulting because we think we have to, but it, it, it destroys us. It destroys our soul. It destroys our body. And so that's one thing I'm very passionate about with my clients is we're finding something that is your hobby. So we call it leisure time. And you're going to promise me that you devote at least 30 minutes a day to leisure time. I've had women like pick up the piano again or start playing the ukulele or, you know, go fi- just find something that they love to do hiking, collecting butterflies. I don't know, but it's something that pulls you away from the day to day where you're just constantly in that fight or flight mode. So that's another free thing that you can do. I mean, unless you want to do like expensive watercolor classes I don't know like you can find something that's free that just feeds you feeds you right the other the third thing that I work on with my clients that is again completely free thing is breathing oh my goodness like I find it as akin to being outside um, to work on your breath work right we've got too much carbon dioxide we've got not enough oxygen we forget how to breathe and we're constantly panicked right that book breath by James Nestor of I'm sure you've read it it's a fantastic resource I have not read it but I got it okay (laughs) oh yes this is I I can't I can't believe I did it with this book. It's a book that sits on the shelf but hasn't been read. Come on, Ev. Love it. And you know well, what? I'll put that right here. You'll get there. We we'll get on talked that. about it in book club. It's just fascinating when you, even if you are to read it for the first couple chapters where James Nestor and his weird friend from like Russia or something plug their noses and breathe out of their mouth for 10 days straight, they start to get hypertension. They start to get depressed. Mm. They start sleeping like crap. They start developing food sensitivities. So this is another wow. thing. It's, it's insane. You know, what happens is we become this nation of mouth breathers because our dental palates are not as formed as they should be. You know, we give our kids binkies. We, you know, are only eating soft foods. We don't chew anymore. So our facial structures aren't necessarily that of our ancestors. And mm-hmm. consequently, we're not sleeping as well. And we are, you know, depriving ourselves of, of oxygen. So it's a cool book. It's a great resource. You can really get into that. But essentially, I have my clients download a free app called Breathwork, Breath, W-R-K. There are one-minute breathing activities that I have my clients do before they eat any meal. So just one minute of deep breathing before they eat puts them into parasympathetic mode out of that fight or flight into rest and digest. And we can do a lot of good work if you are in parasympathetic mode for most of the day, especially before eating. So there's a third tip I have for you that's completely free that will get you out of that, you know, tanked uh, adrenal situation and start rebuilding your hormones. That's, uh, it's so cool. And I love that you mentioned the thing of free because if people really think about it, the best stuff has to be free. Why? Because we weren't meant to be sick. Ooh. Ancestors didn't. There was no current. Well, no, seriously, though, right? There, what currency did our ancestors have to go buy some expensive therapy? They didn't. It was just an inherent part of being human to be resilient. It's amazing. I can't. I can say it, but I can't comprehend it. The idea that there were people that did live to 100 or 90, whatever, 200, 300, 1,000 years ago, right? We do have that documented where that happened. And to think about what you would have needed to survive through. During those times to get there, it's like our bodies, we just don't even have an idea of what we're capable of. And, you know, that honestly, that alone was very encouraging for me to read the book. So I appreciate that because, you know, it's just I'm always reading something, but I get caught up with something else. I'm on a spiritual kick right now. And it's like even five pages of some of these books, it takes no time at all. Mm-hmm. And like you said, even if you just get through the first few chapters of this, you can really get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there could be a secret in one of these books that's just waiting for you. But what I was going, to, what I'm getting at is the fact that if that alone, like the mouth breathing thing, cause I know that's been big for me. Um, I had like a history of like chronic sinusitis and I realized that I still have a habit of the mouth breathing, especially when I'm sleeping. It's so annoying. Um, I've not tried the mouth taping thing yet. Have you? Okay. Hold on. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, Ev, like, where's my mouth tape? This stuff is, this is what I, I send it to She didn't even have to clients. get up out of her chair to get it. <laughs> it's right here. Everybody gets it in their welcome package. Tape in the mouth. Oh, shut. wow. Wow, okay. <laughs> and this has been, you've enjoyed this? 
I love it. I mean, I already I have a wide dento palette already. Like I've never had braces. My head's just larger. <laughs> my parents had good nutrition, but I I um feel like I've been able to train myself to keep my mouth shut while I'm sleeping, even without the mouth tape. Now that I've been doing it for like six months, nice. and I am breathing wow. deeper. I don't wake up. I don't have to drink water at night anymore. I don't even have to get up to pee anymore because my sleep's so deep that my body stops that that need, you know, for having to get up and and pee. So I think it's I think it's nice. amazing. And that's $7 for 120 strips on Amazon. What brand? Does it matter? It's like some off brand. I mean, it's like. Well, I didn't know because like I know like scotch tape, a lot of those adhesives apparently have like traces of gluten in them. Okay. Um, so I didn't know if that there was like a specific brand for that. I feel like some one of these hippies in this space would have come up with something by now. That's a great point, actually. You can probably do your research there. But any any medical tape, I mean, you can just <laughs> buy a thing of medical tape on Amazon that I'm sure is vetted at least you know cool so that's my point like let's say this right we have this stuff apparently right and i believe them fine they can get food sensitivities from doing something seemingly as simple as mouth breathing if that and the hypertension the depression whatever that's one thing it's one thing that's so simple and then we talk about the sunlight stuff then we talk about the food stuff to me it's Mm -hmm. actually amazing that we're not sicker like I cannot believe what animal do you know in a lab? Can we pull this far away from their natural habitat? And like half of them still survive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just, if you do this even minorly with rats, they're going to die significantly earlier. And like, we are seeing that, but to me, it's actually sometimes amazing how much the human body can handle. And you know, my dad, it's actually his birthday today, but like he does the sunlight thing, right? Unintentionally because, um, he's been a landscaper for the last you know, 30 years. The guy smokes two packs of 100 cigarettes per day. He eats pizza. He drinks soda. But he nailed down the activity, the movement, and the sun thing. I mean, the guy looks like he's um, of Latin American descent. He's that dark, and I'm not even joking. And he did that, right? And guess what? I'm not saying I'd recommend going out and smoking two packs of hundreds a day and eating the food that he eats. Guy's got no health issues that we know of right now. My mom makes him go. He's healthier than most of us. Wow. It's like, what you know, what do you want? It's like, can you imagine what would happen if people actually just did two or three or four of these things mm-hmm. correctly? Um, it, it's really remarkable to think about. And I love how all those things, just tying it back into the topic. Yes, guys, they, they can be tied into the hormones because it is stress long-term that is leading to those tanked hormones. Now, stress can mean a million different things, of course, mm-hmm. but there's really no other way. It, unless I'm missing something, like just to keep it simple, unless you were born with some kind of rare defect, which I, I don't think is the case for 99.99% of the clients nope. that you're dealing with or that we're dealing with at FDN Thrive. We all um, think we're special, no, but we're not. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's just chronic stress in one way um, or another. So what are like some uh, maybe common things that you're seeing personality-wise or lifestyle-wise in the people that you work with? Because I know that you work with a ton of people hormone-wise. Are these all type A people? Are they all staying up late? Like what are some common things that you're just like, guys, you got to get this in check to get your hormones better if you want to deal with tanked hormones? Such a good question. So right now I'm actually running a group program. I've got 17 ladies in that group and I put up a poll and said, I identify as a type A personality. And I think it was like 87% of those ladies identified as a a type A personality. And the two that didn't are the ones that are doing the best in, in my program. Um, you know, the mm. ones who are type A are the ones that are asking me, well, what's the science on this? Or how can I be sure that I'll keep the weight off when I'm done? Or, or you know, they're asking me all these questions because they want to be able to control the situation when there's no control. Mm. You know, you can't control this. There's things you can do, like implementation that you can put in. But I'll always tell my clients, you're wanting A plus B equals, you know, X, Y, and Z. That doesn't happen. Our bodies are weird. That's the one thing you can rely on. Your body is weird. You do A, B, and C, and you might get F, you know, or you might get G and H, and that's okay as long as you're putting in the effort and you're being consistent. So type A personality is huge usually some sort of background of trauma and that can be self-inflicted trauma like you know over stressing over dieting under sleeping eating disorders abusing alcohol caffeine cigarettes it can also be you know more true trauma um sexual abuse um you know childhood adverse events that's generally something that i'll see because the women i work with usually have at least one autoimmune disease and you know hormonal insufficiency as well yeah um 
And then also that, you know, that, that drive, I see this in a lot of my clients. Well, I can't take care of myself. I'm taking care of my parents. I'm taking care of my kids. I have this teenager that's still living at home. I'm volunteered for another project at work. I'm in ministry at my church and I'm homeschooling. Oh, really? How's that working out for you? Because <laughs> you're here in my office and you look a wreck, sister. You know, you, yeah. you just can't do all of those things thinking that, number one, eventually you'll get a break. Or number two, you're going to be rewarded for all your hard work because you're not. You know, the more you give, the more people will take advantage of you when really you can do a better job for everyone else if you are taken care of. If you're yeah. nourished, if you're happy, if you're well adjusted, think of how much better of a mom you'll be or a wife or a husband. Think of how much better of an employer or an employee you'll be or a homeschooling, you know, maven, whatever it is, you'll do better if you yourself feel good first. So that's something that I right. see a lot of in my in my clients is their drivers and pushers. Yeah. Right? Um, and on that note, I did before you let me go, um, I did want to address those two particular deficiencies of, of estrogen deficiency and then progesterone deficiency, Please. but those are, you know, those are a result of us pushing ourselves too hard for sure. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I feel like I'm always going through a transitional phase. I, I try to do that, but it's a transitional phase that happens to be relevant to this because mm -hmm. I'm listening to, um, Tim Ferriss's book right now, the four hour work week. And I know it's kind of older and I mean, especially someone like me, I feel like people just assume that I would have listened to it. I hadn't gotten to it yet. So I'm listening to it right now. And it is, it's just, it's, it's kind of amazing how like, you know, whatever, there's 15, 16 hours in the day. And yet I always have to do something for 15, 16 hours, but like I can find my eight hours of sleep because that's my personal, like non-negotiable. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I really need to be doing 15, 16 hours. Things only work out when I do 15, mm -hmm. 16 hours and fit as something in every second of that day. Um, and it's like, I know that's not true, but it feels like that sometimes. Sure. And I think that's where people fall into these traps is like, no, I have to be doing something every single second of every day. And yeah, that's just my question. It's like, well, how lucky are you that it just so happened to work out that every single second of your day is the exact amount of time that you needed to get everything done. It's like, yeah, we got to realize that there's an illusion there to some mm -hmm. degree. Um, and the person I was just interviewing today before you, you know, she was talking more about emotional eating and stuff and how, you know, people get like super busy and it's to run from their emotions. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying everyone does it for that reason. I probably do that for that reason sometimes, right? Sometimes I probably don't. Uh, maybe it's just out of habit, right? You mm -hmm. could be feeling great and just doing that because that's what you normally do. But it... I go so back and forth because I love the game. And, and I don't mean this in like, um, you know, someone's going to talk crap about this. I do like the capitalistic game to some degree. I, I think it's cool that someone can have very little money and then work their way up. It's not a perfect system, but I think it's cool that the opportunity is even there to do something like that. But yeah, I just, I just wonder like, why? Right. Because I have this deep, like spiritual side to it. I'm just like, dude, like I believe that I'm this soul, like renting this meat suit more or less temporarily. And it's like, and you're chasing, this for what? What happens? What, after? what does this do? Right. What happens next? Yeah. Was it worth it? Yeah. Um, and then, but you still got to play by the rules of society, right? I can't just give it all up because then I'd be homeless, and that might not be <laughs> advantageous either. So th there's a line to be drawn, but um, I know the extremes on either end don't seem to really be good. And I hope this doesn't seem irrelevant to people. This is very relevant to the conversation about the hormones and stuff because it is this constant going type A society mixed in with all the other things that we do terribly in today's world with the chemicals and the foods and everything we've mentioned in this podcast so mm -hmm. far. That's what's leading to the tanked hormones and stuff. And so we got to learn to chill the hell out. Um, and the cool thing is you can kind of trade off. I work a lot, but I'm very strict with my other things. That helps me maintain my hormones. And I know that just because I test often or whatever, right? But if I wanted to work a lot and I wanted to be a normal 26-year-old and go out like to the bars on the weekends and like stay up really late two nights out of the week um, and cheat, you know, one meal, seven days a week, that probably wouldn't work for me personally, just with my health history. Right. So I think we can kind of find a balance. Maybe you don't want to give up certain things and that's fine. But at the end of the day, if you're at a point where you're asking a question about like tanked hormones, I know from personal experience, I know that, you know, from personal experience at some point, you just got to accept that less is more. Um, and you got to chill out the tanked hormones. I'm sorry. Like it's not a headache. It's not a stomach ache. It does not just get better magically. It it just sticks until you finally give in and say, 
I got to do something about this. That's probably been your experience, I'm assuming, too, and probably with clients. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to start over. You have to reground yourself. It's not something that you can kind of work backwards from. You have to completely set a new foundation. And I think that's what's so hard for people who are used to getting a pill for every ill. Um, you know, myself, include, you guys know my background, you know, was in pharmaceuticals. Like, I, I have a pill for you right here. We can fix that, right? But I realize that's not actually the case, and it takes a long time. I just got a comment from one of my clients who was sharing with the rest of our group that it took her eight months. Because people always want to know this. Well, how long is it going to take? I'm like, well, it takes a dog's nervous system six months to reset itself from trauma. A dog with no higher brain function, no soul, right? But a human, especially a human woman or a human intuitive, you know, like yourself, Ev, right? Who sure. is thinking deeper and, you know, having more of an emotional response to things. It's going to take a lot longer than six months for this particular woman to reset her HP axis dysfunction, doing all the things that we've talked about today and more. It took her eight months and she's still a work in progress, right? So it can take a long time. But when you think about putting effort into that or putting effort into getting a new car, getting another house or a beach house or whatever it is that you're searching after, you know, that, that Ev and, and I know, you know, is not going to fulfill any of us, right? It's just once you get that, it's going to be the next thing. And after that, yeah. it's just going to be the next thing. It is a never ending cycle when you could put that effort toward rebuilding your own foundation of health, pushing out and teaching your family and your friends, you know, your coworkers like, Hey, Ev, do you want to do our podcast while we're like walking or sitting outside? You know, um, yeah. I'll have, I'll have people, well, I can't do that. I work all day every day. Well, can you take a meeting outside? You know, well, I, I homeschool all day, every day. Okay. Can you take your kids to the park to play? you know, for an hour. Yeah, you can, because you are the only one in charge of your schedule, right? Your mate is not in charge of your schedule. Your boss is not in charge of your schedule. Your mom is not in charge of your schedule. You are a fully functioning human adult, and you are the only one in charge of your schedule, which is super freeing, you know? Once you stop pushing against that and thinking like, well, that's not true at all, you realize, yeah, well, that is true, actually. And I do have an hour to go, you know, blow bubbles and take a walk. I do. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's humbling too, because I keep thinking about that more and more when I'm like, oh my God, there's so much on the schedule. I'm like, you did this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you chose this. No one said the scheduler has to open up at 8am and close at 9pm. Right. You did that. Like, right. you know, it's like, oh crap. <laughs> um, one of those moments where you realize you're actually responsible for your life. You know, yeah. what a concept. Um, it, it's... Yeah, I want to, before we wrap up here, not to jump around, but I, I think I'd like to talk about a little more in depth with the estrogen and progesterone. Oh my God, estrogen and progesterone thing. This is why I have you, right? Um, before we hop off, because I, I know especially the women that listen to the podcast, they are more educated on this stuff. They do um, read about this stuff in depth. Um, and so I'm just like kind of curious. I don't even have necessarily a specific question. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish people knew a little bit more about those two hormones? Because mm -hmm. I feel like, my God, there's pills handed out left and right and creams handed out left and right mm -hmm. to boost those two things. And it's like, is that really the answer? Man, I love that question. So I think that for those of you who are listening today, you already know the answer to that question is no, like those things aren't the answer. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a ton of insufficiencies with hormones and that you can do something about it in the meantime while you're working on all those other things. All right. The number one deficiency I see in women, it's progesterone, and that is women age 15 to 55, right? It, it doesn't, even if you're postmenopausal, you're still, you know, of course, going to be depleted in progesterone, and that's because so many things conspire against us to relieve us of our progesterone stores, and then so many of us are estrogen dominant at the same time. You need to have those two hormones in balance. When they're out of balance, your progesterone's usually low, estrogen's usually high. This is where women feel like crap. This is where your periods, you know, are crap, right? Your sleep, your energy, your mood, your weight, your hair, skin, nails, libido, all of it goes to hell because that estrogen and progesterone balances off. So things that, you know, increase estrogen in the environment, there's a fantastic book, very like not, you know, it's not for written for most, most like just lay people, but it's so interesting. It's called Estro Generation by Anthony J. Um, it is such a fascinating resource to find out where all the estrogen hides in society. And some of it's like, you know, actually hiding as in, you know, like our food sources like atrazine and these crazy chemicals that are in so many of our, um, you know, foods, but then also places that are, you know, that most of us know, you know, like BPA and BPS and all of these like, you know, estrogenic containing chemicals that we have in our personal care products and whatnot. So we're exposed mm -hmm. to that all the time. And then stress 
depletes our progesterone, right? Progesterone is a direct or, or really cortisol is synthesized from progesterone, all right? So if you don't have enough progesterone, you're not going to make enough cortisol, right? If you're under stress all the time, your body's taking that progesterone. It's just using the progesterone as a as food basically for your cortisol store. So if your cortisol's high, or if your cortisol is low, you know that your progesterone is going to be affected. So things that you can do to replete your progesterone, I'll use progesterone itself as kind of like a last resort, but really you're deficient in the precursors to progesterone. So that is specifically vitamin E and vitamin B6. So I love tocotrienols. There's alpha uh, tocopherol. That's not a great form of vitamin E. You want tocotrienols, which you can find on Amazon. You can find it at a health food store. It's about $30 for 60 pills. And you want to take, you know, at least 400 IUs of vitamin E every day if you're deficient in progesterone. All right. You can get those mm. through nuts and seeds as well. Um, a little bit more bioavailable. But most people are so deficient in vitamin E that they need, you know, those higher doses of essential fatty acids in, in you know, supplement form. B6 is another huge player. If you can't sleep, if you're super stressed out, if you're a B word all the time, you probably are deficient in B6. All right. Think of that. B6, B word, right? <laughs> um, you are going to want at least 50 milligrams of B6 um, and take that at night. It helps you sleep. It's a precursor to allopregnenolone in the brain, which is a precursor to progesterone. So it chills you out. It calms you down. And remember that progesterone is your chill, relaxing hormone. So if that's the opposite of how you feel, you're probably deficient in progesterone. You can do a salivary cortisol panel through Fluids IQ um, and definitely find out whether or not you're truly deficient, but for the most part, you probably are. And then remember that your estrogen is high as well. So I talked about this last uh, episode, but remember you can use functional foods to help pull out that extra estrogen. Top three foods, flax, ground flaxseed. All right, we'll pull out extra estrogen. Carrots, raw carrots. I love, love, love raw carrots to pull out excess estrogen. Binds it uh, in the gut and helps you excrete it. Uh, the raw carrot salad is fantastic. That's just grated carrots, a little bit of coconut oil and salt as per Dr. Ray Pete to help pull off that excess estrogen. And my third favorite functional food is actually prunes. Most women, if you have estrogen dominance, uh, are a little bit slow in the motility section. Um, so you're not pooping as often as you should. And that's the only way your body can actually get rid of that toxic estradiol is through getting it out through the bowel. So prunes can definitely help with that. They've also got some great phytochemicals that are going to be immune boosters at the same time. So those those are things you could do. More nuts and seeds, more flax, more prunes, more carrots. And look at that. We've got a great, you know, really ancestral, really low cost way to start balancing hormones with food. Damn, you know so much cool random shit every time we talk. You are one of those like 1% FDNs that like you could go kick it at a bar, I feel like, and come across as normal, but then you can like throw the hell down too. Whereas like, you know, Ryan Monahan, myself, I mean, not that Ryan Monahan doesn't know a lot more, but you know, a bar is not my place, man. Like I, I'm, I stick out like a sore thumb. Like you can kick it with both groups. I like that. That's like bilingual. I like that. That's um, okay. So amazingly, I think we were almost at our 40 minute mark here. And um, not that there's a limit, but it's always fun talking to you. And I know as simple as this might have seemed, people love these types of talks on our show where it's just like more conversational. And then we have um, some really great tidbits thrown in. And probably the end here was one of the best little uh, bits. It's so cool. Now, I I want to do this because I don't know what your answer was last time. And it's totally cool if it shifted. That's fine. But you might remember that we have a signature question on this podcast. And that signature question is if we were to give, in this case, Jennifer Woodward, a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health or not do one thing, what's the one thing you'd get them to do? And I'll compare it to your last answer to see well, if I know, it's the I same think or I know if what it's I said uh, evolved. <laughs> I'm okay. pretty sure last time I told everybody to eat more meat. I'm still going to stick with that. It's always my foundation. Hmm. I think that's right. All right. But my number. Great memory. <laughs> My number two thing would be go find your inner child, go find your leisure time, go find the thing that transports you and then don't make excuses because we're not promised our next breath. Go do it. Go do that. I, I will never forget one of my clients telling me I just want to sit out in the backyard and blow bubbles from a 99 cent store bubble wand. Like I love that. Right. Go find something that makes you feel like a kid because you don't get this time back and you are in charge of your schedule. So you are in charge of your leisure time. Excellent. Thanks so much for coming on, my friend. Thanks, Ev. Good to see you. 
Okay, folks, that'll wrap it up for today's interview with Jennifer Woodward, Executive Director of AFDNP, which you will become quite familiar with if you end up going through the FDN course and graduating. Obviously, if you want to try the FDN course, you heard this in the middle there, but you can now go to fdntraining.com slash try FDN. That's fdntraining.com slash try FDN. And we literally let you try the whole first module completely for free. No credit card needed, nothing like that. Our philosophy, and I will repeat this endlessly, we know for a fact there are many people out there that want to do this work and that need this course. We do not have to use sales gimmicks or cheesy marketing to get you involved then. Let's give it to people for free. The right people are going to find it and instantly want to sign up anyway because they're like, wow, this is what I've been looking for. That's the exact experience that happened to me five years ago. And other people are going to say, well, hey, this isn't for me. And now there's no harm, no foul. We didn't take any money. You got to try it out. We didn't give away the secret sauce, right? <laughs> we only gave you part of it. Everyone wins. So with that said, if you guys do enjoy this content, we would really greatly appreciate it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. I am on a personal mission to get us to 100 five-star ratings on Apple without one negative one. I think we have a great community, and I think we can do that. I've never really seen that on any podcast. But as of recording this, we are at around 55 or 56. You guys are absolutely wonderful. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And it helps me as a host. I need to know if I'm doing a good job. I need to know where I need to improve. And so far, it seems like you guys are really liking the content. If you want to leave something for me and how we can better this show without leaving a negative review, you actually can also go to our Podbean. So you search for the Health Detective Podcast, Podbean, and that's a separate website. It's where we upload our podcast. And there you have the ability to leave us comments, questions, or whatever, or episode requests. Anyone that has left you a comment there will tell you that I always get back, I find the right person for their request, and I throw them on the show. I think that's what's special about being able to do this show is since we have the ability to release two hour long episodes per week, we always can find something fun to throw into the mix, right? We can always honor the people who are wanting something specific. We might not be able to do it next week, but at the very least, we can usually get you in the next couple of months. So I will stop talking for today. Thank you very much again for listening, and we hope you guys have a great weekend.